Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by former Robert Morris women's hockey player, Emily Harley. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Emily, and how's everything going? Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited. It's going good. Now, obviously, you're a professional hockey player today, but I want to know what else you've been up to since graduating college a couple years ago. Sure. Um, So when I graduated college, I actually thought that I was going to go straight into med school. Um, But when I got drafted and I took the opportunity to play in the PHF, um, that kind of had to go on hold. So when I was in Buffalo last year, I also had a full time job working at a place called the Jacobs Institute. um, And I was running their educational outreach programs for like middle school through college kids. Um, And I did that basically nine to five. And then I would practice and play games on nights and weekends. And uh, I've kind of continued that remotely when I moved to New Jersey to play for the Riveters this year um, and some other like remote work that I can do for them. And uh, I do a lot of coaching. So I helped out with my youth team, the Syracuse Nationals last year and kind of did a virtual mentorship program. Um, And then this year I do a lot of like lessons and clinics at the rinks around where I live. Nice, nice. And obviously, I'm curious if you've been watching uh, college hockey uh, lately, and if so, what's your thoughts on this season, and if who do you think will win the national championship? Um, I don't have any bets on who will win the national championship. I have watched a little bit. Um, I like to watch my players that I used to know, so I watched Syracuse for Ariel Desmet, and uh, I've been watching Princeton a little bit for Ellie Markovsky. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I want to see somebody new win the championship. So <laughs> maybe Northeastern. I feel like when we played against them, they were really good. So it'd be nice to see them win. Yeah, that's my prediction. Um, just because they've they've been like a goal short of winning it the past few years. So I feel like this is the year yeah. since they brought everyone back for one more uh, run at the championship. I feel like this is the year for them to do it. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think I think this year will be another new team because Yale's good, Colgate's good, and they haven't won it before. So I hope that continues. I think that's good for the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be cool if Colgate wins too, because Chelsea Walklin, one of their coaches, was my coach at RMU for a time. So I'd be proud and happy if she won too. Well, obviously, Robert Morris is getting uh, their program back next season. So how excited are you for about that? Very. Um, we actually just had sort of an alumni call with the Pittsburgh College Hockey Foundation and heard all the updates of like where they're at with fundraising or events or you know how full the rosters are for next year already and it was really awesome to hear all of that and hopefully I'll be able to go to this sort of reunion weekend in October so I'm looking forward to that nice well let's transition now and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and kind of work all the way up to where you are today so um, doing research on yourself it says that you're from Syracuse New York so talk about growing up there and how you start playing hockey Yeah. And I'll just sort of correct Google a little bit. I am from Syracuse. I'll say I'm from Syracuse, but I was born in Edmonton, Alberta. So I'm a dual citizen, Canadian American. Um, But yeah, growing up in Syracuse, um, I had three brothers and my dad played hockey. So he put all of us in hockey. Um, I transitioned from boys to girls pretty early. And I played with the Syracuse Nationals all the way up until I was like 15 Um, we went to a couple, you know, national tournaments when that was the biggest thing that you could do at that age. And that was really fun. Um, and my home rink at Cicero, like I love going back there and practicing in the summer because I've been home over the summer for the past, however many years. Um, 
And yeah, it was really fun. I had a really good, you know, support system with the coaches and my parents and everything. It was awesome. Yeah, and who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, was it someone um, on the Oilers or uh, Buffalo Sabres, or was it a women's player on the national team? Um, I would say that my favorite player was Jonathan Taze, um, mostly because I was a center uh, previously, and I always wanted to like emulate his game. So I have like a Taze t-shirt that does not fit anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of sad to see what he's been going through lately. Yeah, but everyone in New York is really excited that Kane just got traded here. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, I, it's weird not seeing Kane with Taze, though, um, anymore. I feel like, I don't know, it was weird seeing him with the Rangers jersey last night. It didn't look right. Yeah, I feel like they've been a pair forever. So as long as I've been watching, at least. <laughs> oh, unfortunately for New York, you know, that my Boston Bruins will uh, unfortunately have to beat them in the conference uh, championship. So it is what it is. But, you know, that's what happens. You try to all these East teams are loading up because they want to beat the Bruins. But unfortunately, the Bruins still have the best team in the league, in my opinion. So it's we'll see funny. what happens. Yeah, it's funny that around here, like we're so close on New York, New Jersey border that like people cheer for all different like teams. Like you ask one person, they're like, oh, go Rangers. And then Islanders, you know, Long Island's yeah. there. But between the Devils, like the Devils had a really good, I think they got up to like 12 or 13 wins at the beginning of the year. We, yeah. we went out to a few games. That was pretty exciting. So I know they haven't been doing so hot as of late, but. <laughs> well, they just got Timo Meyer, So they should be, they should be having a good run towards the end of the year. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be exciting. <laughs> Well, getting back to your career, uh, before Robert Morris, you played uh, for OHA. Um, I'm curious how you got the opportunity to go there and what that experience was like for you. Yeah, um, honestly, OHA was one of the best like times of my life. And I kind of got the opportunity. They used to have um, a man there named Brian, um, who actually passed away because of ALS. Um, but he was their sort of head scout at the time. And I think there was there was actually four players on my team, the Syracuse Nationals, and we all ended up going. Um, it was my friend Erica's sort of pulling us there almost because she was like pretty set on going. And then I started to think about, you know, they kind of offered me and I went for a visit and I really liked it, but it was kind of scary. Like I was only 15 years old and I have to move away from home and live away from home. But the hockey opportunity there was at that time, my goal was to play college hockey, and I don't think I could have accomplished it with um, the people that were at my hometown because most of them were just playing for fun. They weren't like playing for a future. Um, and so I decided to go there and it was amazing. <laughs> What's the best memory you have um, with uh, OHA? Oh, my gosh, I have so many memories. Um, best memory? You know what? So I'll tell you two is one of them was like a hockey memory is when we built beat Oakville um, at Stony Creek and they were like a big bad team that like we would always play close with, but usually lose to. Um, so the Stony Creek tournaments were really fun. And then also just because, you know, we were all kids and they wanted to make it like feel like a family or feel like fun and not just feel like work and school. Um, we always had these like theme days like throughout the year like whether it was like pajama day or like you know team competition like you'd dress up and you know stuff like that um one of my favorites was pie day actually which is coming up in march like 314 
um because one of the competitions was to and this is a funny memory but one of the competitions was to memorize as many numbers as you can in pi and for my team like I had that responsibility and at one point I knew like 95 numbers in pi or something like that and I like won the competition <laughs> yeah so. I'm not a math guy so I wouldn't remember like five numbers from pi I just know 3.14159 I think is the other three but that's about yeah. it no, that's great. And I tried to forget them as soon as I learned them because I was like, I don't need this taking up space in my brain. But it was fun at the time. And it was a challenge. My nerd side coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then obviously, how did your experience help prepare you for college hockey? Um, I would say that a big part of it was being there in the dorm and basically just balancing school and hockey um, was like, a mini version of college. So when I got there, I didn't have to have that adjustment of living away from home and like doing laundry on my own or like figuring out how to feed myself and and buy groceries. And like those sort of like life adjustments made it a really smooth transition between high school and college. Now talk about your um, recruiting process to Robert Morse. Uh, what was that like? And what made you want to go there versus other schools you might've looked at? Sure. Um, so kind of another funny story is I was committed and supposed to go to North Dakota before their program folded. Um, so I had visited Robert Morris and I had like met Logan um, before on my uh, on like an unofficial visit to RMU, but I had ultimately chosen to go to go to North Dakota. So when their team um, got cut from the university, I you know, had a mini like freak out at first, but then immediately was like, okay, what do I need to do next? And so I was sending emails and making phone calls and my coaches were helping me reach out to basically any, anyone they knew, any team saying, Hey, like we've got a girl and, you know, do you have any spots left? Um, and thankfully Robert Morris had still sort of like kept an eye on my career and still remembered who I was. And, um, they had me in right away, uh, like on the weekend following and they said, Hey, yeah, come down for another visit. Like, we'll talk to you again, like see if this is the right spot for you. And, um, yeah. And it all kind of just fell into place and I felt pretty safe going there and like that they wanted me and that it would be, um, a good choice for me to make. So that's how I ended up there. <laughs> nice. And obviously what was the biggest adjustment you had to make as a freshman in college hockey? Um, I think probably the pace of the game. Um, and when I started, I was a forward. So, uh, I definitely had to work my way like up through the ranks. Like it wasn't one of those things where like I came in amazing, like blazing as a freshman. Um, so just kind of knowing and putting in the work day after day to sort of build my coach's trust and show that like, yeah, you can put me out in, you know, challenging situations and I'll be good for that. So. And what was, how did you balance like academics and hockey as well? That's also an adjustment that is tough for me as a non-student athlete, but I feel like for you as a student athlete, that's even more of a challenge. Yeah. I think it's all about just kind of structuring your time and thinking ahead. I'm a person that's just like very organized by nature. Um, so just knowing what my schedule is day to day or like in a, in a week view of like, okay, I'm going to have this chunk of time to get that work done. And um, the, the teachers were all really um, like gracious about us, you know, running late or like having to leave a little bit early and stuff like that. They were super on board with us being athletes. So that helped as well. Now, 
During your first three seasons at Robert Morris, your team lost in the CHA finals. I'm curious, what did you learn from those experiences that helped you for your senior year uh, coming into the playoffs and obviously that whole run that your team had? Yeah, um, it was devastating to lose in the finals three years in a row. And like you're at such a high when you get to that point. Um, And I think one of the worst ones was definitely when I was a junior because I was really close friends with some of the seniors knowing that, oh my God, like this is the last game that we get to play with each other was kind of sad. But I think it just like built the fire inside of wanting to win and like knowing what it takes, right? Because if you've never been to a championship game before, like you don't really know what the pressure is going to feel like or what the pace is going to feel like. So getting that experience and like figuring out just that you, that you can't let up and like every single shift has to be as if it's your last. Um, That was sort of like built up in our minds when we finally got there again, senior year. And I was like, it's not happening. Like we're going to (laughs) win. Yeah. And as a senior, what type of leadership did you want to bring to the team? Were you more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? Um, if I can say both, and that's a good answer, that's what I would say. Um, I think I've done a lot of actual like leadership, um, seminars and like learning how to be a good leader and stuff like that. And I think there's times when you need to be quiet and just show it. And then there's times when you need to, you know, talk the talk as well. So I think finding a balance between both of those was something that I tried to do. Now, there were a lot of challenges that year brought by the pandemic. Uh, One of those was the amount of schedule changes that took place and obviously not having fans in the stands as well. How did you personally deal with all those challenges, especially as a senior? And what was the key for maintaining flexibility throughout that season? Yeah, um, it was definitely really challenging, especially in the beginning of the year, um, because it was kind of like we were practicing with no um, guaranteed reward, like because the games are the reward, the practice is the hard work and the games is the fun. So honestly, there was a lot of sort of um, conflict at the beginning of the season between like players and staff and just having to follow all the COVID rules and the testing and the social distancing. Like we usually do tons of um, team bonding and stuff together in preseason. And we kind of didn't really get to do a lot of that stuff. So it's hard to like, I thought, especially it was hard to like build bonds with the new players, the freshmen coming in because we didn't really get to spend time with each other. So that was a big challenge and kind of just disappointing because on most hockey teams I've been on like my teammates are like my sisters and so building that sort of building those bonds was something that we missed out on a little bit but um just trying to stay focused and be optimistic that we will get games scheduled even if it's later and I think eventually we finally played our first game it wasn't it wasn't until after Christmas break um but at that point again being senior year it's like hey potentially this is your last season of hockey so you know just treating treating every opportunity to be on the ice like it's a gift and you know going as hard as I can now obviously heading into the CHA playoffs that year your team wasn't the top ranked team um, in that tournament so I guess what was the mindset heading into that uh, playoffs uh, knowing to try to like try to get to go get going on a run because I felt like during that year you saw a lot more teams go on runs in the playoffs um, then years passed just because of how weird the schedule was and how teams really couldn't really build like a consistent flow. So I'm mm-hmm. curious how these teams sort of built that consistent flow at the right time. 
Yeah, it was kind of weird because for three years we were at the top of the league before playoffs and then we lost. And so maybe that was just like the weird, like funky change that we needed to not be on top to like build the fire. Um, But yeah, we for the first time we had to play three games, a quarterfinal and a semifinal where usually we got the bye right into the semifinals. So um, I don't know. There was just I can just picture it because we were in like the Erie Otters rank um, and we just had so much energy in the locker room and like so much fun. We were just honestly happy to be there. Um, And I think we really focused on playing for each other. Um, We had all three of our goalies play in three different games. um, So that was really exciting. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it felt like it was our time. Now in the second game of the CHA playoffs, you played Mercyhurst and won that game in overtime. What did you take away from that game? And what was your reaction when Maggie scored that uh, OT winner? Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, Mercyhurst was the team that eliminated you the prior year. Yeah, Mercyhurst is a big rival for sure. Um, and I think like the in, the sheer like endurance that you need to play a full hockey game and then also go into overtime and then like play the following day or like, you know, one day after um, just like showed us like how to continue sticking to our system and sticking to our plan like for a long long amount of time and it was really exciting that Maggie got that goal so and in the CHA final you played Syracuse um, obviously your hometown team uh, what did you take away from that game especially the team's defensive performance and Reagan Kirk's goaltending performance because I feel like that's what stood out to me the most uh, what from what I remember from that game uh, because the offense wasn't really there but your goaltending and defense sort of kept you in it. And then you found a way to get that one goal and ultimately uh, win that game. Yeah, that was such a tight game. So nerve wracking, like nail biter. We're only up by one. Like we're just trying to maintain that lead. And I think, you know, they were a team that made us work for everything. Like any quick um, like mistake they would transition on. And Reagan did an amazing job in that. And I honestly think I probably blacked out for most of that game but I just remember at the end like there was like 10 seconds left you know they had pulled the goalie they had extra players on the ice if I'm if I'm right about this I could be wrong um they had like extra player we're in our own d zone and the puck is flying around and we know there's only five seconds left but like you could they could tie it up in five seconds and the puck like went to a really like dangerous spot back door in the slot or something and I think and I think Reagan made a save and you know, we're diving all over the ice, like essentially like, you know, throwing our sticks out, throwing our bodies out, anything, like literally doing anything to make sure that they can't get a goal. And then the buzzer goes off and like, we all just go crazy. Yeah. I remember Lexi Templeman telling me that you guys were super confident even heading into the third period, because you said, you, she said that if you guys stuck to your game plan, you knew there was going to be success. And there was like it wasn't like a lot of nervousness in the locker room heading into that third period. It was more just like people. It was just sort of like you would have thought it was a preseason game, is what she told me. Yeah, and I think it's so funny that she says that, and I say that I'm like freaking out inside because it's so funny how like people can have different perspectives like that. But yeah, I think like we weren't worried about losing, which was good because you can't play with fear. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously just talk about the emotions uh, that you felt after winning that championship, especially during your senior year, what ended up being your uh, final year of college hockey. And just talk about like 
just the adversity your team went through for the first three years to finally win it uh, that year? Yeah, I think going through the first three years of losses and then also having to make it through that COVID season for that win, um, it was so emotional. Like, I was so excited. Like, I started out at a complete high and then realizing what that meant for, like, the end of my hockey career. I'm not going to see these people anymore. Like, basically, that's the end of this. It was also just, like, an emotional, like, roller coaster. Um, I know I started, like, crying on the ice, but at the same time, like, I was just so proud of our team. I think, like, that was probably the biggest emotion is, like, being proud of what we had accomplished. So you knew you weren't going to play that next year, even before the announcement happened? Yeah, like I said, so I uh, I guess a lot of people had considered taking their fifth year because of COVID, but I had planned on going straight to medical school, so I wasn't going to be taking my fifth year anywhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's still, we'll get to that, but that's just very interesting <laughs> to hear you say that. But I do want to ask you about the national tournament that you got to play in. Obviously, you played Northeastern. Um, how'd you, ha- how'd you, ha- first of all, how'd you prepare for that game? Because they're one of the best teams in the country that year. Obviously, they made it all the way to the championship game. They had one of the best goalies in the country in Aaron Franco. I'm pretty sure she won the Patty Cavs that year. And they have just so many great offensive weapons with Alina Mueller, Cole Arar. I think Maureen Murphy was her first year on that team. And then obviously Skylar Fontaine and just talk about what you took away from that game as well, because I thought your team really competed well with one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Um, from what I can remember, like, first of all, as a defense, like I was, uh, I needed to make sure that I was playing sound defense against some of these forwards, like that can toe drag, like it's nobody's business, you know, that can make sauce passes, tape to tape back door, Um, So we knew that we were going to have to be really sound defensively. Um, But then also, again, not playing with fear, Um, like we have nothing to lose. So just going out there and attacking as much as we can as as well. And knowing that Frankel was such a good goalie, like we need to get, you know, pucks on the net. We need to get traffic in front, Um, which I think the grind kind of style and like garbage goal is almost what we usually do anyways. Like, you know, we're not known for the fancy stuff. So that sort of the game plan didn't have to change. Um, But yeah, I thought we stuck with them pretty well. Um, And then, you know, a few mistakes back to back kind of got away from us, but um, I would love to have a crack at them again, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no. And what was your experience like at the national tournament? Because obviously it's a little bit different than normal. You guys got to go back to Erie again. So I'm curious, uh, what was the whole experience like? Yeah, I think like we thought, oh, we have like home field advantage almost because we just did our um, league tournament here. So we knew the rink already and we were kind of familiar with that stuff. So that was nice. But they did it up as much as they could um, with like the Frozen Four and like the NCAA and like all the teams around on the dashers of the board. So that was really cool. Um, It definitely sucked because, you know, we couldn't really have a lot of fans. So like there weren't really parents and stuff there to watch. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's that's what you want to do when you're a college hockey player is make it to the national tournament. And we were there. So. And that ended up being your final college hockey game. Uh, when you look back on your whole Robert Morris hockey career, what did you take away from your experience and how have you used it today as an adult, both on and off the ice? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's hard to sum up four years into like one thing. Um, I guess I would say that I just, what I take into my life is just to be grateful for every opportunity. 
and also not to shy away from adversity because I think it makes us better and it makes us stronger. And, and um, I'm a big believer in like kind of just understanding like what's going to happen is going to happen. You can control your attitude and your effort. Um, and so that's kind of how I go through life right now. Now, obviously, after that game happened, uh, no one would have thought that the program literally would have been canceled on that May, I believe. Uh, So what was your reaction to all that? I know you said that you weren't planning on coming back for another year, but that must have been really tough to see all your teammates basically lose out on their livelihoods, like with one announcement, which apparently I was told that was handled very poorly. Yeah, um, I won't rehash everything because I'm sure there's a million things that you could find out there on the internet about what happened. But essentially, um, we got a mysterious kind of email that said, hey, please like jump on this Zoom call for an announcement. And me having graduated, I was like, oh, this probably has nothing to do with me. So I actually texted um, Lexi and I was like, hey, can you just let us know, you know, what's going on? And partway through, she was like, you need to log on right now. And and they just had both hockey teams on the Zoom with cameras off and mics muted. So like there was nobody else that could say anything while they just announced like, by the way, your teams are both getting cut. Um, And it was just like a bomb drop like that. So I, I, I was lucky that I wasn't planning on going back and that didn't sort of affect the plans that I had already made, but my heart went out to every single player that, you know, what what are you supposed to do with like two months to f- now find a completely different hockey program? Like you got to remember that college hockey players, like, again, we're student athletes. So there's a lot of things on the hockey side, but there's also things on the school side or like on the location or, you know, extracurricular things that we also have to balance all of that. And that's a big decision that somebody makes when they decide to commit to a school. Um, and you never think that they'll, you know, decommit from you. So um, yeah, it was really challenging and really emotional. Yeah. And obviously I was told that like most college hockey teams kind of have a good idea of what their roster is going to be like for that following year already in the spring. So it's like mm-hmm. really hard to like sort of, tra- especially in women's hockey, from what I've noticed, it's really hard to sort of transfer from one school to another because most players stay. Yeah, I would say, luckily, that's like the same year that the transfer portal started, if I'm not wrong. So thankfully, I think that helped a lot of people, at least, you know, a few people on the guys and on the women's side of being able to just sort of put your name out there, um, because usually you have to like look one by one and like the coaches that you're reaching out to have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not the way I wanted to end off the Robert Morris part, but I do want to transition to the non-hockey segment to sort of lighten up the mood a little bit. Uh, So the non-hockey segments where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. Uh, So first one is uh, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? If I could have lunch with anyone in the world. uh... (laughs) Um... I am going to say, oh my gosh, if I could have lunch with anyone in the world, you know what, I'm going to say I would want to have lunch with my grandparents. Um, My grandpa recently went through a health scare and I actually haven't seen him 
um, in a long time because they still live in Alberta. So I would love to have lunch with them right now. That's a nice answer. Hopefully he's doing well. He's better. Yeah. Thank you. What is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Hmm. Um, I recently, you know, scrolling through Instagram, uh, had like a real come up of Simon Sinek and he was, you know, saying that you can't, the brain can't think in the negative. So he, you know, says something, he's like, don't think of an elephant right now. He's like, ah, I gotcha. Um, so I think a lot of stuff that I've been focused on this year is like having a good mindset and sort of like training or like try to have better mental health and just like learning a lot of stuff about psychology and stuff like that. So um, that was something interesting that I heard recently. I guess for me, I, I something I saw that was kind of interesting was someone just giving like random compliments to people and like how it like helps you like boost up your mood when doing that and like how it's like a good thing to do because a lot of people like don't really get complimented all the time. And it's sort mm -hmm. of like a, just a good thing because so you just don't know what people are going through. So it's always just good to just be nice to people. And I feel like in this day and age, that's not always the case with some people. So I just thought that was a really interesting video to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. <laughs> now, what music do you like to listen to? Um, mainly country, but for like game warmups and stuff, I'll do more like rock and rap and stuff. Are you excited about the new Morgan Wallen album that just came out today? Oh my gosh, I didn't know, but now that you say it, yes, I am, and I will go listen. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, glad I got you to listen to something today. So, um, biggest pet peeve? Um, one of them is when my chair is tippy, like on the floor. If it'll creak back and forth, I hate that. <laughs> and then one more non-hockey question is obviously you like the outfits of the week. So, who had who had the best style on Robert Morris uh, from your time there? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to say that Ariel Desmet had pretty good outfits and she still does. Nice. Nice. Well, getting back to some hockey questions now. First one is what should we done to help grow women's hockey in your opinion? Um, I think it's hard because a lot of things have to happen sort of at the same time. Um, obviously like people need to invest. There needs to be opportunity for people to watch um, you know, just name awareness, getting the PHF's name out there. Um, but I think just continuing to put a good product on the ice is one of the biggest things that, you know, players can do. Um, and social media is such a powerful tool right now. Like the more that we can just share what we're currently doing so that people know what's happening, then the better that will be. Yeah, I feel like it's grown already with the salary cap increase. And then with the ESPN deal, I think that definitely helps grow. And I think that's what you want to see. I think you want to see it get to more like mainstream channels next. I think that's sort of the next thing, because then people will just be scrolling through it and then they'll watch like 15 minutes of the game. And even though that might not seem like a lot, but if a lot of people do that, then I feel like the word gets out because I feel like that's why softball in college has grown a lot uh, because of that. Yeah, I think we need to be patient and realize how much growth we have already had. And like, sometimes, you know, we're an instant gratification kind of like society, but there's like a lot of building that ha has happened and needs to continue to happen. And it'll be, you know, slow little building blocks of things that start to add up. Now, anyone we should interview next uh, from Robert Morris, uh, 
or someone we might have already interviewed and want to have back on again? Um, I think you said you did Lexi and Michaela. Yeah. And I, I, would, like I think we could have Lexi back on because she did. She did win a national championship, uh, but it would be like her third time on the podcast. But I feel like no one would really care about that. That's true. But I'll give you someone new because I feel like I've said her name twice already, which is Ariel. So I think she'd be a good guest to have. Awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely uh, reach out and see what happens. But before we let you go, any shout outs you want to give uh, to any of your family members, teammates, friends, or if there's anything you want to plug or do anything, uh, feel free. The floor is all yours. Um, yeah, for sure. Shout out um, to my parents. And I just want to say thank you for putting me in the sport and supporting me as I've gone and always being at games are going to be at my games this weekend um, in New Jersey. And I'll also shout out uh, my brothers because we're all actually still playing hockey. Um, so my brother Thomas is playing for the Texas Stars right now. So um, I hope he has a good set of games this weekend, too. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, thanks again, Emily, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck uh, to you for this weekend and the rest of the season. And uh, best of luck for any future endeavors you might have. I know you're going to do great things. So I appreciate your time. And thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You, I've been trying hard to keep my cool. But when you're near, there's nothing that I can do. When you're walking in, I know it's true. I, it doesn't even matter how hard I try. Boy, you are the only thing I want